When I took over as a host of Locked On Syracuse just about one year ago, I came in with the mindset that Syracuse football is god-awful at recruiting. But here we are after an insane month and a 2024 class that might be the best recruiting class Syracuse has ever had since recruiting classes have been ranked. So we go to the experts. We bring on Brian Smith, our Locked On podcast network recruiting expert to break it all down with me it's your locked on syracuse wednesday let's get the ball rolling you are locked on syracuse your daily podcast on the syracuse orange part of the locked on podcast network your team every day What's up? What's happening? Welcome into your Lockdown Syracuse Wednesday. I'm Owen Valentine saying thanks so much for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today and every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. That's your team every day. Today, we've got big news in Syracuse football recruiting. So we go to the big boys. We go to the heavy hitters. We go to the Lockdown Recruiting Expert. Brian Smith joins the podcast. Brian, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. It's uh not a podcast if you'd have told me a month ago that I would have been doing. I can I could assure you of that. Yes, but as uh, you were talking about right before we jumped on, it has been a busy month of June for Syracuse football recruiting. And they've got a class that, depending on where you look, is ranked 40th right now for the 2024s or 42nd. Uh, and there is a lot to talk about. So Syracuse football. Uh, joining a conversation that we don't always have in terms of great news at this point in the recruiting cycle. It's been a huge two weeks. Uh, so let's start with the biggest news earlier this week, uh, just about two days ago at this point. The Orange get a commitment from four-star quarterback Jakari Williams, one of the top quarterbacks in the class. I watch his film. The The kid is a stud. Uh, and, and so I, I lead with this. This is Syracuse's best quarterback commitment since Donovan McNabb, pretty much. How important is this for Syracuse football? I'm not sure you can put a finite number on that because quarterback play is, I'm sure you're well aware, you're not winning games without pretty darn good quarterback play. And his film was very easy to fall in love with because he makes the sidearm throws, can throw deep, he can run, he can do all those things. Yeah, I mean, I just hope that there's not too much pressure put on him when he first gets on campus to overwhelm him. But, man, I, I can't help but to think. I, I remember Donovan when he went to Syracuse. He won the starting job as like a redshirt freshman and immediately was dominant, etc. I'm not saying he's Donovan McNabb, and he's a guy I've met. He's a great guy. But, yeah, the, the comparisons are there. There's a reason he's ranked so high. And how random is it for Syracuse to get a kid out of Macon, Georgia? Just, just it, random is all get out. But that's it that's makes football no recruiting, sense. brother. It's, it's football it makes recruiting. No you sense. never know, bro. You never know. <laughs> we are uh, excited to to have that news here for sure. It, it doesn't make all the sense in the world, but we are excited to be a part of it without question. Uh, one of my biggest things with him, and, and you mentioned it, and I talked about it a little bit yesterday for, for those that tuned in yesterday, is it, it seems like there's a nice succession plan. Uh, where he doesn't have to be a day one stud 
And right. there could be a nice uh, a year transition where you're going to have a redshirt senior quarterback in 2024. So if there does need to be that little bit of time, that learning curve, whatever it is, gets him a little more time to acclimate. Uh, I love the style of play. You mentioned it. Uh, he, he's got so many tricks in the bag, it seems, and only more room to grow. So when you look at this kid uh, as, as sort of a dual threat guy, uh, it's the scheme Syracuse is looking for. What do you sort of see as, as you take a look at the film and, and you break that down a little bit? I think he's a guy that they can expand the playbook with. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be running triple option like Donovan did. This is a different era. But, I mean, he was he was a master at that stuff. But at the same time, with in a similar fashion, the RPO incorporates all three levels, pass game, traditional running game, and the quarterback run game. So there's some similarities. And he's not going to be fun to defend with that because, again, he's throwing sidearm. He's doing different things. He can do jump back, whatever. He makes it really hard to look at it from a disciplined defensive perspective. Uh, in the RPO game, one of my buddies in football <laughs> – he told me once, he goes, I need my linebacker to be in two places at once. And I said, excuse me? And he said, no, like literally. He says, RPO, you can't – literally, it doesn't work. You can't be in two places at once. But he goes, that's what you want to happen, as crazy as that sounds, because when a quarterback does it right, you're really in a tough spot. When you add an extra level to that, and you've got a kid like Jakar that can move like he does, stop and start, freeze the linebacker, and then do I run? Do I pitch it? Do I throw the screen? Like the carte blanche part of this is where it gets fun. Syracuse hasn't had bad quarterback play necessarily over and over again in the last 10, 15 years. They've obviously had some pretty good ones, but it's been inconsistent. Hopefully getting a guy like this who could maybe one day be kind of a sports center guy, that can change your program. Um, I'm not saying he's the next Donovan McNabb. Again, I'm, I, I want to be clear on that, but the physical traits are there to make special plays. And you're not going to move up the ladder by just grinding. You, you've got to have some splash, too. Quarterback sells seats. It sells advertising. It sells ESPN, et cetera. That's the mainstream, man. you got to get the quarterback. Now, one of the, the big questions that a lot of you know, Syracuse fans were, were very vocal about after this commitment is, you know, you mentioned that it doesn't necessarily make much sense to have a guy out of Georgia – Commit right. to Syracuse out of the blue, right. but this was a pretty weird top five that he made his decision from for someone ranked as highly as he is. The top five was Syracuse, FAU, Western Kentucky, Boston College, and James Madison. Is that a concerning top five, or is it just throw that to the side and be excited for what you're about to get? That's about as random as it gets. But I'm guessing that he just was one of those kids that kind of beat to his own drummer. Um, he, he's raw. I mean, he still has things to physically like he's good enough to play at Georgia. Will he develop? Hell, I don't know. Quarterback play is more about after they get to college. That's why quarterback rankings are taken with a grain of salt. He's a kid that I think, just to put it in comparison, Dylan Rayola is committed to Georgia. He's ranked by many people as the number one player in the country. I personally think his bust rate is extremely high based on what I've heard about him. doesn't mean he's not physically gifted, but it's more about off the field leadership and all the little things that come along with it. If this kid listens to the coaching, if Williams takes on the responsibility aspect of being a quarterback, and that is huge, it's huge. He can win games at Syracuse and kind of change the culture. 
So I don't care if it's James Madison or Western Kentucky or whatever. I watch the film. And the old saying in the NFL is true at every level. The eye in the sky does not lie. This kid can ball. I love to hear that. And then the, the other thing that, you know, is fresh in, in many of Syracuse fans' minds is Syracuse got a big quarterback commitment last cycle with the 2023s. And Lenora Seller commits to Syracuse and then flips on signing day. And it seems like for, for someone ranked this high, a lot of the bigwigs in terms of recruiting powerhouses are not involved with Williams at this point in time. What is the chances when you go national, when you go Syracuse specifically, how often are quarterbacks like this, you know, getting almost poached at the last second? And I'll throw in the caveat of, you know, Williams has already decommitted because of some coaching change and then found his way to Syracuse afterwards. It's possible. I mean, recruiting has changed. Let me put it to you this way. When I first started following recruiting, it was about 1990. And you could read newspapers, this and that. This is for the internet. It was wherever you could get info. There was no YouTube. There was no huddle. There was no nothing. Okay. When I first got into the recruiting business, we, like, we waited for tapes to get mailed in to watch film. Now in 30 seconds, I can have the third play up of a kid. Okay. It's just a different world. College coaches all have that too. So a kid that you may not think is going to end up at Stanford or end up at Syracuse from one coast or the other does. You know what I mean? If I remember right, Syracuse had a kid from Oregon. You know what I mean? Like it's just random. So there's any chance. I mean, if Kirby Smart calls him, he's going to take a visit. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, they, they don't need a quarterback in this class, but it's just that's the kind of deal it is. Florida, if Miami, if, you know, Florida State, any of these kind of schools, they're going to take the phone call. You can't do anything about it. The only thing you can do with Syracuse's staff or any other staff, for that matter, is to recruit your guy. He is never signed. That's how you have to take it. He is just a guy that's committed to us because that's really all it is. And even after he's signed, you got to re-recruit him because the transfer form. You never have to look at it any other way, just like every day, like he's uncommitted. That's that's how you have to approach it. It is, it is nonstop. It is a different beast. And there are a lot more variables at play in, in today's <laughs> landscape for sure. That is uh, a kind way to there. put it. Very kindly yes. with that. <laughs> uh, Justin Lamson, the the quarterback commit from Oregon that you were just talking about, uh, yeah. has since transferred to uh, a tight end spot in Syracuse's depth charts at this point in time. Uh, but he still so came from freaking Oregon. Thing, you know what I mean? It's just... No rhyme or reason. Just go like that. And, and it's not like he came from the hotbed of California. Oregon has like five power five kids a year. How the hell does that kid end up at Syracuse? You know what I mean? It's just wild. So Syracuse has taken a different approach to recruiting. They've got most, by the way, this is a very important thing. When I was growing up in McNabb and some of those guys were coming out, they killed it in New Jersey, PA. McNabb was a Chicago kid, et cetera. And they got a lot of the cold weather athletes that were like Notre Dame and Ohio State wanted. Now, they're not winning those battles right now. They're not. But no. you at least got to get started. And they were getting their butts kicked for years by Boston College and Maryland. And so they've returned the favor. That's the first step. Now, it's not the last. But if you want to be, quote, unquote, consistently relevant, you got to start. I mean, there's no way around this. You got to beat Penn State, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan. For some of these East Coast kids. And Georgia even recruits like New Jersey and stuff now. But you know, Fran Brown is from Rutgers. And then he 
went down and took a job with Georgia. Now he's recruiting the Northeast for the Bulldogs. That doesn't make life very easy for Syracuse. No. But that that's the world we live in. Everybody recruits different. When I was a kid, there wasn't a damn player on Georgia's roster from New Jersey. And I don't need to go back and look at any media guys. That has changed. So one of the key guys that I just found out about, they really want, is from, guess where, New Jersey. It's part of the world. So Syracuse is on the right track. They just need to keep pushing and grinding and kind of taking that next step up. And this season's important. They've gotten 12 commitments this month. However, that's a, if you don't play really, really well, this is, uh, this is a situation where kids can decommit. I don't see why they should look at it in any other way. I mean, they're trying to pull kids that are committed to Maryland and Pitt and stuff. I know how this works. So do you. They need to play well enough this year to impress the kids they have and add to them. It never stops. I like that. It never stops. Let's take a quick break, though, because we got to stop for one second. Talk about our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook, because right now baseball season's in full swing. And there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. It's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on to join today. Don't miss your chance to grab that no-sweat first bet. That's up to $1,000 back when you get FanDuel. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right. We continue our Wednesday episode talking with the LockedOn recruiting guru, Brian Smith. We're having a lot of fun chatting some Syracuse football. And, you know, you were mentioning the, the impact of – this recruiting class and also the impact of what this season will have. And I am curious, and we'll, we'll talk one more specific player a little bit later in the show, but just because it came up, we'll roll with it. You know, a recruiting class of this caliber, if you get to the 2024 season and these guys make their way to Syracuse, which we hope they do, but you mentioned, and we talk about consistently, there is nonstop poaching. There is nonstop conversations, nonstop phone 100%. calls being made. But if this group makes it to the 315 and plays at Syracuse, how important is this singular class as something that is, you know, as I mentioned in our intro today, the highest ranked recruiting class that Syracuse has had since like 24-7's recruiting rankings originated? and things of that nature. So to have a class like this, what does it mean? And what can Syracuse do to make it mean even more? I, I tell this to everybody. Um, let me give you an example. Across the Locked On Network, I've done podcasts with Oregon. I've done Ohio State, Notre Dame, Florida, Miami, uh, across the board. And everybody I tell the same thing to. There are only two measurements in recruiting. They are Alabama and they are Georgia. You have to get better and better players and eventually beat them for recruits. That's it. Nobody likes hearing that because they know how daunting that is. And I'm not saying Syracuse is anywhere near calling Kirby Smart, smart out and they're going to take his kids out of his backyard. I'm not saying that. But you have to have a pecking order like where you're going so they got to get kids at specific spots and they got to get impact guys now. 
they're getting some really good players, but how many of them would break the depth chart in one of these elite schools? That's that's the reality. That's what you got to look at. Some of them possibly, but there's no sure bet, at least by these rankings, for whatever that's worth. So they need to get some impact guys at, at defensive end and corner. Those are the two most by far areas that when I spot when I talk to college coaches on the phone, on the internet, or out of practice, those are the two spots everybody talks about because those are the hardest. If Syracuse can get a better feel for defense on the recruiting trail, just like one or two more guys a year, that's how you change your program. Because on defense, it's more about talent. Like you can scheme your way to points, brother. Defense is about dudes. Uh, the dudes Georgia's running out on the field are different than everybody else's. So they, they need to hit that and kind of take it to the next level. And if they win, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of talent in New Jersey and PA. Like I said, forever they used to get. And they're not that far from it. So it's closer than you think, but at the same time, you got to prove it on the field to earn those commitments. I think that's spot on with, you know, getting a couple of extra defensive guys, defensive standouts, because it's something that Syracuse has seen all too often recently where they've got a really solid core, but they've been riddled with injuries going through an ACC schedule where they're playing against bigger, more physical teams and the depth isn't quite there. So getting a couple extra names, a couple key impact guys that allows them to survive. I mean, last year, I think every starter, and this is an exaggeration, but almost, it felt like every starter on the defensive side of the ball that started game one was not listed on the depth chart because of injuries uh, when that season came to a close. It was game after game dropping like flies. And so having that extra depth uh, going all, all of the way for them without question. Another guy, and this is the first time in a decade that Syracuse has had two four-star recruits uh, on their recruiting commitment list, uh, but four-star tight end Jamie Tremble uh, committed about two weeks ago at this point in time, and I like that style. It seems like something that, that Syracuse has been going with. I don't know if you follow you know, Rondé Gadsden all too much, who is listed as a tight end, and as a result is, you know, first on so many little tight end rankings, but he plays sort of that flex tight end wide receiver spot. Uh, Tremble, a guy that seems to line up into that role exceedingly well. His film is interesting. And by the way, at least right now, he's not a tight end. He is a big receiver. <laughs> uh, I, I hate these, these mar- like, well, he's, he's a tight. No, he's not. He's 205 pounds. He's not blocking anybody. So he's a big-bodied receiver that can make guys miss. He's really good. His brother, for people that may think they've heard the name, his brother was Tommy Trimble, played at Notre Dame, went on to the NFL. So got some pretty good bloodlines. Oh, yeah. He's uh, he's a kid that's playing in Georgia. He's playing against real comp. He plays in the greater Atlanta area. So he sees dudes every week. That That's as good a city as there is in the country for high school football. And I think he's, quite honestly, a little underrated. I mean, I don't, if you want to rank him as a tight end, he shouldn't be ranked very high at all, but he's just a football player. Um, remember a long time ago, I heard the term basketball on grass. Kentucky kind of looked at it that way in terms of like how they went with Bettina like 30 years ago with all the pressing and all that. And then the football team, they brought in a coach that wanted to throw it all over. Well, this is kind of the cross back. This kid could be a basketball player and be really good, throw alley-oops and stuff to him, but he runs well enough too that it can kind of go through a defense and make guys miss. And again, he's 6'4". So you know he's going to be a red zone 
kind of guy. If they can put 20 pounds on him and he could be more of a tight end, if he's closer, he's never going to be a 260 guy, I don't think. But if he could get up to 225, 230 by his sophomore year, good weight, you're working with something because he's already got the ball skills you're looking for. And he will probably play very early at Syracuse, regardless of what they label him as. Yes, uh, there was one day last year where Aronde Gadsden switched from wide receiver to tight end, uh, and it had nothing to do with weight or growth that he necessarily put yeah. on, just sort of where he fits into the scheme. Uh, they use it as an incredibly versatile role, uh, and I, I think the size allows him to, to fill into that role and, and play that very well. Um, but when we look at this, and you know, I want to talk macro here because we are, we're at the point in the Dino Babers era where this extension is, is reaching a very valuable or a very important time. Uh, in theory, there's two years left on Babers' contract. How important are these recruiting classes towards the latter portion of a contract in, in terms of extension or to put you on the spot a little bit? Um, is this something that can save him without necessarily seeing on-field success? Or is this something that, that only means so much in the grand scheme of things? Well, he can't go out and go 1-11. and 11, But at the same time, when all things are equal, you do need something to point towards. Like if you're recruiting very poorly and you stink on the field, what? Are, why, why are we giving you seven figures? Get the hell out of here. You know what I mean? Seriously, like it's yeah, it's really just not. It's it, don't make it harder than it is. It's not forest for the trees. You need to get the hell out. You got to get rid of the guy. The only problem with these contracts is the coaches get the rest of it, and that's one of the reasons a he doesn't have an extension and b they're probably apprehensive to get. It's it's a tough spot because recruits know that too. You know how I know that because schools that recruit against them are going to let them know. Oh yeah. This is we a dirty, dirty business. Uh, yeah, they we do went not. through that with, with Bayhan for basketball. That was the the, the ongoing. Well, he's hundred years old. I mean, recruit, I get it. Yeah, every time a recruit went elsewhere, that was all of our recruiting guys we talked to were like, "That's exactly what they're in their ear with." He's gone. He's got one year left. If that, he's going. He's going. Uh, and, and so it is tough uh, to recruit at the tail end of a contract, without question. Um, but. If they if they do well, let's say the first six games they go four and two, five and one, just hypothetical. And there's talk about an extension. Not only do you hold on to your class, most likely, then you can either a extend this con or at least get it started, and it helps recruiting this year and next. It can go either way, and the split is wide. Yeah, how they start this season is huge. They need to do well in the first six games. I love that. I think that's that's the exact way that a lot of people are looking at it, the way it should be put. Um, I'd like to ask, you know, you are, are far more in touch with the recruiting landscape nationally than I am without question. That's why you're on uh, the recruiting expert label and I'm just in the Syracuse sphere here. What are the sort of just natural national vibes around Syracuse right now? Because it is you know, a storied program in terms of historic success, but right. it's been Long 15 or 20 years since they've been, you know, nationally relevant all too much. So what is sort of the national vibe around Syracuse, especially within the eyes of a recruit possibly? Well, I live in Florida 
And this is by far the most difficult recruiting state because there's so much competition. Everybody recruits here, especially for defensive guys. The corners and DNs I talked about, this is where you come. We got them in droves. Just throw throw a rock, you'll hit one of them. But these are kids that live in very small bubbles. All right. I, I'm, I'm a Notre Dame fan, and I asked some of these kids, like, what state is Notre I know they won't know. What state is Notre Dame in? I get New York. I get – I mean, you can get anything. If I ask where Syracuse is, they won't, they won't have a freaking clue. A lot of them don't know where Duke is at. Like, if, I mean, even if you don't follow basketball, it's kind of hard not to know that it's Duke-North Carolina rivalry, so it's in North Carolina. These kids don't. Nobody knows anything about Syracuse down where I live. They don't know anything about it at all. There is no vibe. That's why it's so important for them to win now. They need something because while they're getting these kids, New Jersey, PA, et cetera, and that's great. When Syracuse was really good, 80s and 90s, they would steal a couple Florida kids. I mean, they beat Notre Dame. They beat Florida and some other, like, head-to-head for top guys in the state of Florida in the late 80s, early 90s. They did. That's the difference. Cherry-picking a couple of teams or a couple of recruits, when they were ranked, Syracuse consistently would be ranked somewhere in the top 25 every year. They eight, eight and three, nine and two, whatever. They were damn good. But winning also opens those doors. The kids know where you're at. Right yeah. now, Syracuse isn't good enough for anybody to know where they're at. So right now, there is no perception, to be honest. That, that is uh, the, the answer that I, I thought was what I was going to hear, but it's, it's never fun to hear. Uh, but that this is the true, reality, and, and you got to face it without question. Uh, it's what I expected. It is. But, you know, sometimes we just got to hear it. I am occasionally perceived as too negative surrounding Syracuse football. Uh, but well, what the uh, heck? sometimes what are you going to what are you going to tell me? I mean, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. You got to win some freaking games. <laughs> thank you, Brian. <laughs> Come on, man. Let's go. Let's let's be realistic here. Who have you beat recently that I care about? Name one. Exactly. It's been we're five years removed from a Clemson upset. Um, I remember the game, and they were. I mean, the quarterback that day for Syracuse got hot, and the defense made a couple of clutch plays. It's yeah. It's how you play football. Exactly. Absolutely. There's been there's been nothing since then. Really, there have been a couple of close calls for whatever reason. Syracuse likes to play three really good quarters against Clemson. Uh, and then fall apart in the fourth. Uh, but. That's part. That's recruiting right there, though. Honest yeah. to God, that that's they have more depth. They're not as tired, and they've got better defensive linemen usually than everybody. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you so. know we we went through the whole. You were talking about depth. You were talking about players, right? Syracuse went through it against Clemson last season. As you know, you get all excited that they're benching your starting quarterback after the first half, and. Oh, they throw in Cade Klubnik, who's the the top rated quarterback in the next class. He's got a as chance. If it's no issue at all. Yeah, I saw him at Elite Eleven. We're like, yeah, he's going to be good. It didn't take us yeah. the whole period to figure that out either. It was real fast, real fast. Uh, one last question before I before I let you go. I, I guess with the twenty twenty four class, uh, how valuable is having a few big names as you as you look at Williams, as you look at Tremble. How valuable is it as you pitch other players to have a few big guys and bigger names already committed in terms of your pitch to another upper echelon type player? Everything. Great players want to play with great players. Uh, I was just at the Future 50 down at IMG Academy, the elite of the elite underclassmen. Justice Terry walked in the room and you were scared 
Uh, he's committed to Georgia. He's 6'5", 285, and he looks like he's 25 years old. He's a sophomore in high school getting ready to go into his junior year. And, like, he's he's willing to go to Georgia where he's not going to play right away because he wants to compete. If you're going to get a guy that looks like he's 10 years older than he is, you got to have other guys around. I mean, it's it's a building process. So Kirby didn't walk into that at Georgia. They had a good roster, but he worked on it, and he got there over time. That's what Syracuse has to do, too. You get a few, and then it then it kind of snowballs. They've gotten 12 commits this month. Now they just got to get more that are a little bit better, a little bit better, and you build from there. It's a stepping stone process. Awesome. Brian, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Uh, we appreciate having you on. All right, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you. Of course. That's where we leave you for today. Uh, that'll do it. We will catch you again tomorrow. We appreciate the listen. Appreciate joining every day to join that conversation at LO underscore Syracuse on Twitter or fire off right here uh, on our tweet or on the YouTube channel as well uh, to join that conversation, ask questions, uh, and provide your thoughts on anything we talked about today, yesterday, or a future topic as well. Peace.